This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in a rainy western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake up call on Sports Country Radio. It is the first day of December 2023. Uh, hopefully, the rain won't get too heavy with my satellite internet. We never know what could happen here, but so far, so good. We have Dan Zampano. Coming up at 9.15 to talk NFL football, we'll talk about last night's Cowboys-Seahawks game, which was a much more entertaining game uh, than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. So we'll talk to Dan about that, some of the stuff from last week and uh, some of the uh, big games coming up this week. Um, The Boston Bruins snap a three-game losing streak last night. Uh, They beat the San Jose Sharks 3-0. Pavel Zaka with a goal and an assist. Um, Jeremy Swayman, his uh, second shutout of the season, uh, this game was really won at the end of the second period. Bruins had a 2 nothing lead at the time, and San Jose had a 5-on-3 that stretched between the second and third period. Bruins killed that off, uh, and that was effectively the game right there, as you could just see all the uh, the wind come out of the sails uh, of the Sharks. Bruins will be at Toronto on Saturday night. Um, Tiger Woods back on the golf course yesterday, and he was going along okay. Uh, playing down at the uh, Hero World Classic down in uh, the Bahamas. Uh, He was one under par after 14 holes, and then the 15th happened. He ended up with a double bogey on that one. He hit it into some bushes, tried to punch it out. The ball only went a few feet, had to punch it out into the fairway, finally got it on the green, missed a bogey putt. So that was a disaster. Uh, then he bogeyed a couple more holes. Ended up uh, at with a three over seventy five. Not the way he wanted to come back. The good news was the ankle wasn't bothering him. He was pretty uh, he was pretty relaxed about the whole thing. When uh, somebody asked him afterwards what he got out of the round, he laughed and he just said, oh, he hit a lot of shots." <laughs> so uh, you know, but it was good to see him out there pain free. He still has a little bit of a limpity. He's going to have that for the rest of his life after that uh, that awful accident that he had. Not not really surprising that he has a limp. Um, Deion Sanders has been named Sports Illustrated's 2023 Sports Person of the Year. Now, my first reaction when I saw that this morning was WTF. You know, look, um, I look, Deion Sanders was a talented player. But I was never a fan of Deion Sanders. I just don't like I don't like people that are that love to are self aggrandizing. You know what I mean? That that love themselves and love to tell you how great they are and I it just I it drives me nuts. It's one of the reasons why, for instance, you know, a guy like Reggie Jackson, the reason why I couldn't stand Reggie Jackson when he played, you know, the star, the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, come on. You know, I never, I'm not a fan of anybody 
that likes to toot their own horn. I'm just not. I never have been. It doesn't matter whether you play for the Yankees. If the Red Sox had that kind of player, I'd hate that too. You know, so to me, it's just a matter of shut up and play. And in Deion Sanders' case, shut up and coach. And here's the thing. I can understand why they gave him this because he was everywhere. And for the first three or four games of Colorado's season, they were the talk of college football. And as much of a joke as that seems like now, they were the talk. They Look, this is a team, you know, that had one win the year before. And, you know, he comes in and, and they get off to this great start. And, look, you know, they've lost eight games. Five, but five of their eight losses have been by one score. They haven't been, by and large, they have not gotten blown out with a couple of exceptions. But it's the way that he did it that bugs me. You know, he basically came in and told everybody, I'm cleaning house. You know, and he's, he's already said he's going to, you know, middle of the season, things aren't going well. He's already talking about cleaning house again. You know, and that kind of stuff, you know, it doesn't sit right with me. And, you know, being a, a, a jerk at the press conferences to reporters that were questioning, you know, early in the season how successful they were going to be and, and belittling these people. And at the end of the day, they're 4-8. and eight. Yeah, it's all right. It's three games better than they were last year. Great. Good for you. Go for, you know, win four games again next year and let's see how long you have your job. You know, and I don't, I don't know that, you know, that you can every year. This isn't the NFL. You can't change players every year. I don't think it works that way. Now, I mean, I know the transfer portal and the NIL have made things a, a different landscape now. And, you know, uh, Deion Sanders having the name recognition and, and the contacts that he does, he's probably going to be able to bring some donors to that university and uh, throw some money at some kids to get them there. But at the end of the day, college football is about winning, right? And you don't hear Kirby Smart. You don't hear Jim Harbaugh. You don't hear Nick Saban, those kinds of guys, telling you how great their football team is and walking around and, and, and you know, are they confident? Yes. But they're not over the top. You know, uh, you know, Nick Saban made a comment yesterday, and he's right. You know, the talk about the SEC possibly not having um, a playoff team. If things, if things, you know, get funky at the end of the year, if Alabama happens to beat Georgia, if Oregon beats Washington, you know, yada, 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 maybe one of the top four teams, maybe the SEC's not in there. And Nick Saban said yesterday, look, if you've gone through the SEC and you have one loss, you're one of the best four teams in the country, period. And he's right. But that is a fact. That's not, that's not, you know, bluster. That's not being, you know, uh, controversial just to get attention. That's fact. And, you know, and, and I'm sure if, you know, if, if Deion Sanders is hearing me right now and he's saying, ah, you know, F that guy, you know, and, you know, how do you like me now, you know, next year when they win six games you know, or eight games, you know, hey, who are you? I'm nobody. I get that. All I'm saying is, is that I don't, I don't like the way he goes about his business. But that's his business. That's the way he wants to do things. And Sports Illustrated giving him this honor, you can make the case that just on name recognition, the number of mentions in the media, the attention that he got for a short period of time, warrants that. But are you telling me that there isn't a better sports story this year than Deion Sanders? 
it, I, I find that very, very hard to believe, very hard to swallow. But, you know, it's it's Sports Illustrated. They can do what they want. Deion Sanders can run his program the way that he wants. And, you know, some guy in little some little podunk internet station down in Hayesville, North Carolina, means nothing. I'm just telling you, uh, you know, there's got to be a better story than Deion Sanders. It's 13 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my buddy Dan Zampano is going to join us. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 16 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. And you heard that cough. We got Dan Zampano out of his sick bed to join us this morning because that's the kind of trooper he is. Uh, I'm not going to say how are you, Dan, because we already know, but uh, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this for us. Hey, Gene, anything for football. That's the <laughs> normalcy of life, and that's the thing that gives us the most comfort. Why not some more football? Which, by the way, this week has been, as if you haven't been proven over the last two or three weeks that football is king in this country, go look at the television ratings of all the NFL games, the Thanksgiving games, the Michigan-Ohio State game. That's the story right now of of America is the television ratings of, of football continue to be at record highs. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, you're right. I mean, and, and that's not necessarily a surprise. T- to me, um, and I know this, we're, we're going to talk NFL, but to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like college football has been has exploded, has been even bigger this year. And I don't know whether it's because we have, you know, like the, you know, the great rivalries and stuff like that that are continuing, whether we have more um, parity, you know, we have more teams involved that, you know, up at the top mm-hmm. that, that we've had before, whether it's the NIL situation that's, uh, and, the, and the portal that's moving players around. I don't know what it is, but college football just seems even hotter to me this year than it's ever been bigger isn't it i mean and also you got to factor in it's the year of the quarterback yeah i mean there's so many good quarterbacks in college football at least at the college level different to very very different in the <laughs> nfl this year yeah so that's maybe a contributing factor yeah. is saying like the college quarterbacks are better than the nfl quarterbacks but you're telling me that michigan ohio state garnered 19 million people to watch that game is the highest rated game for for that rivalry in what was it now? Seventeen years. Yeah, yeah. So pretty impressive. Uh, pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the NFL because like, we'll talk co- a little bit of college before we get you out of here because there's a couple of big games this week. Um, last night, that game uh, between Seattle and Dallas much more competitive than I thought it was going to be. But Dallas is a beast at home, and you know it looked like Seattle had them. And then look, uh, Dak Prescott takes a lot of heat. But Dak Prescott came up pretty big for the Cowboys last night when they needed him to. I mean, 100%. If you watch that game as a young quarterback trying to make it, like that was quintessential quarterback play from both quarterbacks. Yep. It was incredible to yep. watch. I mean, uh, you had two great quarterbacks going at it. You had the two receivers that were unstoppable in DK Metcalf and CeeDee Lamb. C.D. Lamb was targeted 17 times yeah, in the it's game. It's crazy. And it <laughs> caught 12, 12 catches. I mean, it was yep. ridiculous. Yep. He was unstoppable. And I think the thing that you look at the most is, yes, the offenses were awesome, but Dallas's defense showed up in the fourth quarter. Big time. Seattle's never did. Yep. I mean, and especially, we talked about the third downs. Like, Dallas had a, a terrible night on third down. Seattle just covered every third down. But it was the fourth down plays. 
that right. Dallas really stepped up and, and played great defense. Demarcus Lawrence with the big fourth down stop late on Charbonnet. And then Dak Prescott could do no wrong. Gene, you know, I'll be honest with you, this is the best I've ever seen Dak Prescott play yeah. since his rookie year. I mean, he's been outstanding. I'll say it. I think he's an MVP candidate, and and I don't think that's very far fetched. You know, to me, I if you look at how he's played with a with the new system of offense, I mean, Dallas is more methodical this year than they've ever been. This is the best Dallas team I have seen since Dak Prescott has come into the league, and to me, I think that's what gives them the actual shot this year. I know the playoffs are a different beast, and I know that's where they struggle. But I see way more balance on this Dallas team than I have really in in really the last seven years that they've that they've played. And you know, is anybody complaining that Kellen Moore now is gone and that that Mike McCarthy's calling plays and this that and the other? Like this is an excellent Dallas team. Well. It's just we're going to see San Francisco and Philadelphia. Can they match up to those two teams? And so far they haven't proven that. Can I throw a little cold water on that? Sure. Go ahead. With the exception, Why not? <laughs> with, with the exception of Seattle last night, the Cowboys haven't beaten anybody that's over 500. True. But so, you so know, you know what? I'll, I'll give they it, have, I'll, look, they got the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions. I'll tell you what. You go 3-1 right. and one in that stretch, I'll believe. Until I see them okay. step up against those teams that 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 are winning, and because by the way the Dolphins aren't beating anybody that's any good either. So until people step up and and they start beating teams that are over five hundred, uh, then I'll believe. And, and I'm not arguing. Okay. I'm not arguing Prescott's play. I'm not because you know what you can only play right. who your schedule says you got to play, and he's been great. But you know overall, I mean the Cowboys still haven't shown me that they can beat anybody that's any good. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I would say this, they are kind of like Michigan is this year, right? I mean, Michigan played a very soft schedule. Yep. Uh, they Now, Michigan did end up finally beating somebody really, really good, right. beating two teams that are really, really good. But they've blown the doors off of the teams that they've played. I mean, like Dallas has been untouchable, especially the last few weeks, and we know that that in the NFL, it's it's really how you play in December. Right. That really dictates how you're going to go forward into the playoffs. Now, that's not always the case, but a majority of the time, that really is how it is. And they got a big win. So if San Francisco can beat Philly this week, and then Dallas gets Philly again next week, I mean, Philly's just, they're gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, they're just playing such tough games. All of a sudden, you're looking at Dallas with a chance to maybe grab the NFC East if we see a result positive mm. for them with Philadelphia's game. So mm. you never know. And that was a big win for them last night. Well, yeah, no question. No question. I, you know, again, uh, they beat Philly. Then I'll definitely believe, you know, uh, you know, and look, sure. when you look at those next four games, do I think that they can beat the lions? Yes. I think the lions are beatable. I think the lions, uh, <laughs> it's almost like the old George Plimpton thing, a paper lion. <laughs> You know, uh, (laughs) you know, because I'm not. Look, I I understand their record is what it is, but I'm not a huge believer in the Lions. I think that they're. I think that's a soft eight and three, in my opinion. And we all. And and as good as that Miami offense is, I think that's a very beatable team as well. So I mean, you know, so I mean, they could. I I think at worst they could go two and two, but if they don't, then you know, it it is what it is. So we'll see. before we get to talking about some of last week's games, I just want to say the NFL, uh, it was announced yesterday, the NFL did us a huge favor. We don't have to watch 
the Patriots. <laughs> take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They have flexed the Patriots game against the Chiefs in Week 15 off of Monday Night Football. How? I mean, I have never been so happy to not watch a Patriots game in my life. Have you? Uh, I will say, from a Patriots fan perspective, it's thank sad. Christ yeah, but, that that but it's sad. Uh, but it's it's how bad do you have to be? For the NFL to flex out a game with Patrick Mahomes oh, yes. and the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, but this is ESPN, this is Disney. You don't think that the Taylor Swift factor in Foxborough, right. like, right. you don't think that that's like they're not going to eat that up? Like, right. how right. bad do you have to be? And to be honest, to be honest, I know they're putting the Eagles, Eagles Seahawks, and that, that might be a better game, sure. But what right. is the better storyline? Well, I mean, uh, like, you know, you're, you're, and it, it is. It is a better game. But what's the better storyline here? The fact that we have to watch kind of a pretty mediocre Seattle team. I know they had a good game last night, but they're pretty much kind of a lot of holes in the boat. They're right. not really a sexy team. Yep. Philly is a sexy team. I can understand it. But so is Kansas City. But the Patriots' demise, Bill Oof. Belichick, yep. like on the way out, like you, know, you wouldn't want to talk, have, have Bill and uh, have, have Joe and – and Troy talk about that. I you know mean, what? I it, feel like that's kind of a big story. <laughs> that's a good point. You know what? That's a good point. Uh, in that, that could have basically been Bill Belichick's uh, obituary <laughs> that they were going to put li- I mean, live on the air on Monday Night Football. You're right, uh, but maybe you know, sunlight. May- su- sunlight is the best disinfectant, Gene. I mean, <laughs> that's how we. That's how we build. That's how we build. Back better. I don't mean to. You know, I don't mean to borrow a phrase politically. Thank you. But um, that's how that's how yeah. we build back better to build the team back up and right. like show them how bad they are and embarrass the crowd to right. make a move because last week was totally totally embarrassing. Uh, yes. Um, and again, that's another one of those times where I was thankful that I did not have the NFL Sunday ticket and didn't have access to it, so I didn't have to watch that Patriots game because I would have watched it. Just it's almost like you got to watch a train wreck. Um, I can't believe I watched it. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Well, and you know how ludicrous are things in New York when you're actually reading stories uh, questioning whether Tommy DeVito might be need to be might be the Giants quarterback going forward. <laughs> that's how bad oh, that, things that's are in New York. New York media. I mean, come on. Yeah, that, that's classic. <laughs> that, that's ridiculous. You know, both of those quarterbacks were so bad. Yep. But at least Tommy DeVito took some shots down the field. Jalen Hyatt had a really nice game. J.C. Jackson was a complete buffoon yeah. <laughs> uh, on him. Like, he, he was terrible. Yeah. But, you know, you look at that game and you say, this is like watching paint dry. I mean, oh. this is – and then, of course, they have to miss the kick at the end. Yep. Like, Yep. Like, that was so inevitable. Yep. But, Gene, the story of that game is why the heck was Mac Jones playing in the game? Right. I mean, right. that that was that, – there was no reason to play him. And it was really the time for me where I was like, okay, Bill is Bill is gone. Bill is lost. And you could see it. The NFL films, clips that come out of Jabril Peppers, like, you, like the locker room's gone. Like, this is it. Like, I, yeah. I, I really do think, like, for now, that, that, that Bill probably should be gone at the end of the year. That's how I feel now because this is complete clown show. What's going on? How uh, how much do you think Bill O'Brien's re- regretting his decision to leave Alabama? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
how much money, how much time and money do you have for me yeah. to talk about it? I mean, he's like Warren Zevon. He's got to bring lawyers, guns, and money. Right. That's what he needs now because he's just he 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 he's got no recall. He's got no recourse for this. Well, like he has to sit here, and I, who knows the future with with where he's going to be next year. Well, and you wonder how much this this train wreck of a Patriots team has has damaged <laughs> damaged his reputation. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's certainly not going to help him going forward when he tries to find another job. And I'm laughing because I live in North Carolina, and there's a lot of talk down here. Well, maybe Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the Carolina Panthers now that they uh, jettisoned Frank Reich 11 games into the season. Yeah, I mean, that's another whole story we can get into with David Tepper and the, and the Panthers and how much – another clown show. I mean, if there's if there's any consolation, it's that the Panthers might be the worst team in the league and the worst clown show of all. But, I mean, they – but you're 100% right. I mean, I, I'm not sure how it makes any sense with him and the way he's talked about, you know, his franchise for, for Bill to go over there. So we'll, we'll have all off season to yeah, talk well, about that in the end of the season, but – but it's really it's sad. It's it it sad. really is. Um, so the Buffalo Bills have been uh, kind of taken on water, and uh, they uh, had a big hole blown in the boat this week. As if the things aren't going bad enough, they get the news that Von Miller has been arrested, and you know, <laughs> you know, for assaulting his pregnant girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, come on, I mean, and if you're the Bills, you've got to be sitting there saying, you know what's next because they can't you know they can't seem to to put a complete game together on both sides of the football and now von miller you know another distraction that 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 franchise just doesn't need yeah sounds like a nice guy gets a giant contract and has uh has 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 this whole thing go through with them and they signed him and and then also has not contributed to the team let right. alone from the football side and now right. from the actual personal side is pretty much in you know, look i Innocent till proven guilty in this country. I understand right. that, but you put yourself in situations where this is it. Like you know, that's the way it's going to be. So, to me, uh, it's par for the course for what the season's brought for Buffalo. They played an unbelievable offensive game from Josh Allen right. last week. Yep. That was a war that they went through. Uh, and Philadelphia man just found a way. And, yeah. and you know, I think I think with Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, is probably – it's going to be hard. I said it last week to you, and I know it comes as a surprise, but I just don't know how, how Sean McDermott survives this. I'm not sure how how Bean survives it. Yeah, really? I mean, if they have not put together – they have not put together a team built for that area. Yeah. Like, it just – it is not well strung together and because they just think that Josh Allen, okay, he's here. He'll mask whatever we need, and, and – you know, that's that's just not how you build a football team. And to look at what their expectations were and how far they've fallen. Uh, I mean, they got another game this week, you know. Or, I'm sorry, they have to buy this week, but they've got yeah. a tough schedule. I think they get Kansas Kansas City next yeah. week, right? Yep. I mean, they got, they, got a, they got a brutal. I mean, it's, I don't see how it gets any better. And I think there's a great chance now that, that Buffalo's sitting home. Uh, this year, I mean, uh, for the playoffs, I mean, how the mighty have fallen, but I, I think it's going to take a major shift in thinking from the front office, from ownership, and how you build a team in Buffalo and around Josh Allen. How well? Okay, now you know we we mentioned Bill Belichick to Carolina. How about if McDermott gets fired? How about you take Bill Belichick and put him up there? 
I would. I think it would be poetic justice. Oof. I think Belichick would love love doing it because yeah. I think if there is a rift between him and the Crafts, I think it's probably more Jonathan than than Robert. But right. if there is a rift between him and the Crafts, uh, you know, I could totally <laughs> kill sticking it to him oh. and going to Buffalo. Oh, that'd be brutal. Uh, but. It would be brutal, but you know, I, I I wouldn't put it past him. You know, that's how he is. So, so to me, yeah, that would be kind of a fun, interesting story. You know, other look. Here's the thing. You know, you look at Buffalo, and their their next game is they have to play at Kansas City, right? But then they have to, and then they have to play Dallas, and they have to play Dallas. The Dallas game is in Buffalo, which is a good thing. But if you look at look, I don't think they're out of it for the following reason: their last three games are the Chargers, the Patriots. And then Miami. It could come down to that last game on January 7th at Miami to whether or not they make the playoffs. You know, maybe they get lucky. Maybe they go one and one in the games against – maybe they can beat – maybe when Dallas comes up to Buffalo, you know, Dallas is unbeatable at home, but maybe they can beat them in Buffalo – you know, and they're they're going to beat the Chargers. They're going to beat the Patriots. And then it's just a question, maybe that Miami game. So I don't think they're out of it, but, you know, I I think you're right. I think uh, there's a lot of holes in that boat. I think I think we're assuming a lot of things. I mean, I mean, look, the Chargers, uh, call them what you will, like they still have a great offense. Like right. that's still there, and you know that's a winnable game for the Chargers. Yeah, now. you I think mean, so? Okay, it, it is. Okay, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. And I the just... Patriots already beat them. Yeah, well, so it's like well, you know, it's, yeah, but you know, you, I get, it, I get it, like I get it, yeah. you know. But I mean. Uh, Anything is possible okay. here. Like I, yeah. I'm not sure with Buffalo and, and really Gene, it's more it's not it's not just, you know, the lack of, you know, uh, balance on offense. It's this defense is so small. Right. Can't cover anybody and right. can't pass rush, can't do anything. I mean, the what have they what what guy have they signed a big contract that's contributed and, and worth it? Right. No that's I haven't seen one except for Milano and Milano's hurt. That's so, fair. That's you know that that's kind of it. Like Buffalo really has a lot of issues here. Let's uh, let's look at a couple of other games last week. Uh, I you know what um, I was you know I I always gripe about the fact that I, I don't have access to all the games across the country, and I was like I was really pissed off at the games I had to watch. It turned out that some of the games I had to watch were not that bad. Uh, I had the Jacksonville Houston game down here, and that was a very very entertaining game. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I was I was surprised. I really thought that uh, uh, that the Texans would win that game, but uh, Jacksonville got a a win that they desperately needed. And and they kind of eked it out, didn't they? They did. I mean, yeah. They, they stopped. They what they did was they didn't get a, really any turnover from Houston at all, which is what Houston's been struggling with right. turning the ball over. And yet somehow they still won, and you could see like C.J. Stroud had some drives that kind of stalled out and, and I'll, I'll tell you, Calvin Ridley literally on one drive just manned everything yep. and, and got them seven points. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, late in the game, um, I, I thought that, that Jacksonville's defense kind of stood on its head. Now there were a lot of bad calls against the Texans. I, I, I gotta be honest yep. in that game. The referees did, did them no favors, but that was a game where, you know, talent showed up. Yep. And Jacksonville just had more talent than Houston. I do, I do think Houston could beat Jacksonville. In fact, they've already proven it. Like, sure, but uh, uh, they're still a young team, and, and you know, this is the time of year where, where kind of youth and and spark from youth 
can start to wallow and you got to really rely on your offensive line, your defensive line, your talent on offense, you know, you got to rely on that and something Houston doesn't have a ton of. And now they just lost Titus Howard for the rest of the season, their offensive lineman, their tackle. So right. that's going to be a tough, tough blow for them. Uh, Houston's got promise, but I wonder if, if they can maintain this down the stretch. Uh, the other uh, game that I watched, and it was a shock to me, the Atlanta Falcons in the in that horrendous division in the NFC. God bless. That was so frustrating. I mean, I was and, all over the Saints. Well, and here's the thing, because, you know, like you said, you know, the, the Saints are going to win the game because they don't have Desmond Ritter playing quarterback. And Desmond Ritter was not very good for the Falcons, but somehow the Falcons find a way to beat a New Orleans team that, you know, look, move the ball – but couldn't get it in the end zone. It, it was just, I mean, it had to be as frustrating a game as could be uh, if you're a New Orleans Saints fan. Because that's a game, you look at that game, well, and you're yeah. like, how did we lose that game? I'll tell you how. I mean, Derek Carr throwing a pick six inside the 20-yard line yeah. to Jesse Bates. I mean, it was like Norman Bates. Like, it was <laughs> terrible. It was just brutal. Yeah. Totally yeah. brutal. Like, you can't do that. That was right to him. He had Ritter throwing balls off his back foot and magically falling into B. John Robinson's hands. Yep. I mean, and it's the last guy you want to have the ball on the field for Atlanta. I mean, New Orleans, so many mistakes. It was just ridiculous, and they could never just get themselves back in. So, And the red zone offense just reverted back to, to what they were in the beginning of the season. They didn't put Taysom Hill on the field, on the field at all. Tough, tough game for New Orleans. who's starting to find some coaching problems here. Uh, they need to regroup and quickly, or because they got the Lions this week, they get, they need this game really bad. So Atlanta with a big win, and all of a sudden we're looking at possibly seeing Desmond Ritter start a playoff game. Like, how frightening is that? Fair us. Yes. Fair well, us. you know what? But but how many times have we talked about that's the that's the NFL? You know, in uh, in 2023, the the quarterback play has been yep. you know for the most part mediocre. You know, and uh, speaking of that. Tom Brady has some comments this week talking about mediocrity in the NFL this year. And um, I, and I can't remember who it was, and it might have been Tara Sullivan in the Globe, but she made a good point. You know, the fact that some of these comments and stuff that he's making now, if he really does move into that analyst role at Fox, he could be pretty entertaining. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, he's going. Because he doesn't, mean, cause he doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, he's way better than Greg Olson. Well, I mean, yeah. he's, he's so are you. I, you know, I, right. right. <laughs> so, you know, thank you. Uh, I would say, I mean, Brady calls out the truth. Like, man, I mean, Howard Cosell say, if we see it, we ought to be able to call it out. Yep. Like that's, that's what it, that's what it's all about. Like fans don't want, I mean, I had to listen to, to Jonathan Vilma last week, oh. like who has no clue what's going on <laughs> in the game at all. Then they do this this Michael Strahan and Rob Gronkowski in game while the game is going on. They put them on to have a conversation about the Giants Patriots years past. Like, what are we doing? It was so bad, and and like Brady will just not be afraid to fire off and say like, look, like that has to be better. Like his strive for perfection is going to come out so bad on TV, and I'm going to love it. That's going to be fun. So, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? They fire their offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden, Kenny Pickett has a pretty good game. And, you know, look, did they put up a million points? No, but that offense was a hell of a lot better this week than it had been prior. And they put up 400 yards. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was the first time they'd done that in, 
you know, since Nam. I mean, it was ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Wow. And never seen them do that. It, it, this is like a year coming, you know. I mean, this should have happened a year ago when they fired this guy. And Kenny Pickett, I think, is going to benefit tremendously, like I said. And that was a great game because it kind of played out the script exactly how we thought it would, where yep. Pittsburgh was going to play great defense. Cincinnati was going to play great defense, but Pittsburgh, like we said, had the run game. Right. Like they had the run game. That's the one thing they can do well. And Cincinnati finally cracked kind of the second half. And we knew Browning was never going to do anything for you. I mean, we saw it. TJ Watt came came there and, and, and did what he had to do. He had a big sack late. He had a roughing the passer call that was brutal too. Yeah. I mean, he was peeing off on Jake Browning. It was brutal. So there you go with Pittsburgh again, and all of a sudden they have new life. And I'm telling you that they have their formula. It's ugly, but they know who they are, and the standard is the standard in Pittsburgh, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. Speaking of having life, and they still have life, those Green Bay Packers that everybody had written off, a big win last week um, against the Detroit Lions, as I as I called them, the Paper Lions. Uh, Jordan Love, one of his better games, three touchdown passes, did not turn the football over. And uh, the Packers, I mean, hell, t- 29 points for the Packers this season. That's a lot. I, you're damn right. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, right right from the right from the get-go, first play of the game, they yep. went deep shot to Christian Watson and bing, bang, boom, we're in business. It was like, whoa, okay. Like somebody woke up on Thanksgiving morning, you know, they right. didn't, they didn't eat before this game, you know, I mean, they're eating after. So uh, it was a, it was a great performance from Jordan Love. And once again, a really good performance from the Packers D line. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you shocked? I, I was pretty shocked that, that they were able to get pressure on golf, yep. right? especially that lion offensive line. That's supposed to be really good. Like they, they really put pressure. On, and once again, Detroit, is starting to turn the ball over. Jared Goff does not take care of the football. Yep. Fumble lightest. Yeah, he's yep. got it. So he threw some interceptions. I mean, it, it wasn't very good. And even when they tried to get back in the game, Jordan Love had an answer for it. So, again, like I told you, like everybody was ready to kill Jordan Love after like six weeks. And, you know, it's like, calm down. <laughs> the kid's in his first year right. starting, you know, like let's see what he's got. And he shows – he shows poise in the pocket. He shows rhythm and timing and he's got a big arm. And, and I think he's trying to control himself and figure out kind of taking his first steps as like a, you know, baby quarterback in this league. And now he's starting to figure out how to walk a little bit here. So I'm liking the Packers. I'm liking where they're at. Defense is playing better and they're getting healthier. So the, the Packers have the formula to maybe down the stretch, you know, one of these teams in the NFC may go on a run. You never know. Right. If Seattle continues to lose, if Minnesota continues to lose, I mean, one of these teams is going to get a spot if those teams keep losing. Patriots, big fans of the fact the Bears lost this week. <laughs> I mean, I won this week. Yeah, you know, I mean, now, the Bears won. Yeah, right? now, they, now they got Big four wins. wins the you know, Patriots have a, a two-game lead <laughs> in the uh, in the race to the uh, the top of the uh, the draft board. Look, it looks like the Patriots are going to end up with the second or third pick in the NFL draft because I don't think Carolina's beaten anybody. Uh, you know, unless you know, there's some kind of uh, unless there's some kind mm-hmm. of uh, miracle. But I mean, the fact that the Bears beat the Vikings last week might have been the shocker of the week. Ugly game. Oh, I mean, brutal. Just ugly. And and Minnesota, man, another team that's just turned the ball over left and right now. That's cost them two games yep. in a row. Yep. I mean, 
and Justin Fields tried to give it back to him. You know, I mean, he tried, yeah. uh, but you know, great throw from him on the last drive of the game for DJ Moore. And you know, the Bears are going to have an interesting conversation about if they're not getting one of the top two quarterbacks. Like, what are they doing? You know, like are, you think like Fields. Like, yes, they could say, yeah, Fields come back for his fourth year and and play out his contract and what have you. But if they do get one of the top picks, I mean, they're going to have one because Carolina, yeah, well, right? Well, Carolina, they're going to have the number they, one pick. Yeah. Right, right. So so what are they going to do? I mean, I, I'm super interested to see, like, do they trade Justin Fields? Do they trade that pick? Like, mm. they acquire more picks because mm. they got a lot of issues. But they're they're not as far off as they were last year. Like, they've taken a small step forward. How do they get the big leap? That's the big question. I like their coach, and I think Iberflus is the guy for them. I, okay. I do. I, I think if they can give him, seed him some power, I, I do think that, that they're in the right direction, depending on what they do at quarterback. You know, one of the interesting things is, uh, as, as we look forward to the draft, there was some talk this week uh, that the kid from USC might not actually come out for the draft this year. He hasn't decided whether he's going to stay or not. That could change a lot of people's minds, couldn't it? That would be huge. That would be huge. I mean, that that would catapult Jaden Daniels right. uh, from LSU yep. to the top. It would probably catapult J.J. McCarthy yep. uh, up to the top as well. But Drake May would be the guy. And, yeah. you know, I, I, if Caleb, I would be shocked if Caleb Williams comes out. If he doesn't come out, I think that would throw up a ton of red flags. Because, you know, to me, it's him choosing what team he wants to play on. It's, yep. You know, he's. Agreed. I get it, like Eli Eli Manning esque, right. you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. But that was more of a family thing. That was more of the Mannings, the, the Mannings having power in the league office and stuff like that. Like this kid's just doing it on his own, just trying to give everybody the middle finger, you know. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there's a process in the way you go about this, and I I do question a lot of his leadership ability. And and I told you he's a bigger Kyler Murray. You yeah, know, right. Like that's that's kind of the way I see him personality-wise. Kyler Murray, uh, you know, a lot of people are wishing uh, that in Arizona now. God, I wish he had gone and played for the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, a few. <laughs> um, so I mentioned uh, at the start of the show my dismay that Sports Illustrated picked uh, uh, Deion Sanders as the Sports Person of the Year this year. Mm. Uh, you know, and yeah. we can. Uh, we're not, I'm not going to go into that. However, to segue into that. The other sexy guy right now in Colorado is Sean Payton and what he's doing now yeah. and, and how all of a sudden how he's got that Denver Bronco team uh, firing on all cylinders. Look, I understand that, you know, they went against DTR and P.J. Walker and DTR got knocked out with a concussion. I get all that. But that aside, the Denver Broncos are playing so well right now. That defense is frightening. And he's got Russell Wilson buying in to just controlling a game and not – trying to do too much and and that's the beauty of his offense right? right i mean he understands his team he understands the strengths and weaknesses of russell and you're right i think that's a hundred percent right he's gotten russ to buy into his role and they want to run the football which they've done very effectively against yep. cleveland who was i mean outstanding right usually i mean this cleveland defense was outstanding and they made it look easy they did for them to run the football on them. So that was that was really impressive. And even Russ, Russ was running the football yep. really well too. So I think Denver again, they know who they are now, and and, and that is going to carry them so far. J- 
Gene, I think I think December December is now going to be spelled D E N V E R. That's what we're going to. That's how <laughs> you we're think so, huh? With, with December, I do because I I really like the direction, the feel of this team, and I think Denver's got a shot. I really do. I think they got a shot to not just make the playoffs, but make noise in the playoffs. Well, and I think and and I think if you look at their schedule, I think you're right. I look, they've got they've really only got well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you said you you like the Chargers. They road games. Look, their next three yeah. games are on the road, and those are going to be tough. They have to play at Houston uh, on Sunday. They're at the Chargers. Yep. Then they're at Detroit. That's going to be a handful. They've actually, you know, they've got tough the Chargers game. twice at the end of the season. They're, they're at San Diego on the 10th of December, and then December 31st on New Year's Eve they play at home. So, But then they, fin- they finish the season with New England, the Chargers, and Vegas. So, I mean, the, you know, so and even, but even the games you say are going to be tough, those road games – there's still games. If that defense plays the way it's been playing, I think that that, uh, that they may be all right. They may be all right. We'll see. This is a team. It's a team that beat Kansas City already, yep. held them to nine points. The team that went to Buffalo on a Monday night and yep. won. And they believe. I, mean, that, they, I think. They, I think that's it. I think they believe, they believe now. Yeah. Yep. I think they've got right. a lot of confidence. All right. Let's get to the games this week. Uh, another tough week last week, Dan. Three and four. Another under five hundred week. We're just a middling man. We're middling all over the place. Well, seven games. See, you give me seven games, and I'm either going to win or I'm that's lose. exactly I right. Like that, but <laughs> you know, you live and you die. By well, it. you know, it's you're middling, but that's the NFL in a lot of cases this year. It's middling. Uh, so let's start out. Uh, yeah. We're not going to have you pick the Patriots game because nobody cares. Uh, let's start out with. I will say though. I will say though about that game. Yeah. Sixty years ago, the Chargers blew them out in a in the 1963 AFL championship. I wanted to mention <laughs> that just for you because I know you probably were there. So I don't. Like, uh, <laughs> I was three. I was three. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's start out with those Denver Broncos at Houston. Houston is a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be an interesting game. I think Houston, like we've said, they've started to kind of waver a little bit here. Um, now they get a second straight home game. Denver's got to go on the road, uh, you know, for the first time after getting, uh, you know, after getting a couple home games here and getting some wins. Uh, this is the start. Like they got to start this road trip off right, and they're going up against a rookie quarterback that's played well. Yes, but again. How well is he going to last? You know, is it going to keep keep seeping through? And I think Denver's just playing the right way. I think that this is going to be a, a game, especially with the Houston losing one of their offensive linemen there. Howard is a big deal. So I, I think that Denver has the formula to win this game. It might be ugly. I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Houston. Um, but I do think Denver's going to come out victorious on the road. I know they're, they're another underdogs, and I guess this would be considered an upset. But I think the coaching is going to matter more in this game than anything. So, Sean Payton versus a rookie head coach, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Sean. All right. Um, the uh, New Orleans Saints are at home. They need a win in the worst way. They've got Detroit coming in. Detroit's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The good news is for Detroit, it's indoors. It is indoors, but it was indoors last week. True. It was, indoors, yeah. and it was at home last yeah. week, you know, yeah. and they played Jordan Love. But man, I just don't like the way Derek Carr is playing. I just, I, I, it's, it's hard because I like the Saints. I think the Saints' defense is is good, but it has not played particularly well the last few weeks. And if you're going to turn the ball over, uh, Detroit, I think needs Detroit's going to have to figure the, themselves out too. But 
they're going to turn the ball over like that. That's really going to be a problem for you. So I don't really like either of these two teams right now mm-hmm. in going that way. But it, it, in that case, you say, Hey, talent wins when, when you have two teams that you don't like and Detroit's got the better talent. I think it could be a close game. Uh, but, but I do think Detroit will find a way to figure out, a, figure out to get a win because Dan Campbell, I think will, will motivate this team really well. So I'm going to take the lions. Uh, next game on the face of it is kind of meh, but it's a, an important game for the Indianapolis Colts. They are at Tennessee. The Colts are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, but they do not have Jonathan Taylor for the next few weeks, and that mm. is going to be a problem. Yeah, this is kind of a scary game because, you know, you think like, hey, the Colts the Colts without Jonathan Taylor, yeah, but they didn't have Jonathan Taylor the first half of the year either. Right, and, true. True. But they also had Anthony Richardson, right? So uh, you know <laughs> yeah. that that it's it's kind of you know this is kind of uncharted territory for these two. I think it's going to be a messy game. It's going to be kind of sloppy, defensive oriented, and that's just the kind of game that Mike Brabel wants to play. Yep. Uh, I, I do think that Tennessee is going to win this game here, and okay. I and I, as much as I am a fearful of Will Levis uh, and and him <laughs> kind of turning the ball over a little yep. bit. Yep. Um, I do know that you can run the ball in Indianapolis. So okay. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to, to win this game. And every win that Tennessee has this season has been at Nissan Stadium. So that's a that's another thing. I mean, that's that's a great point. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm throwing out a Dan Zampano stat. Um, the, <laughs> the, the dumb off of the week. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets. The Falcons are a one-and-a-half-point <laughs> one favorite. The over-under on this thing is 34 points. That might be too high. <laughs> uh, you're, so we're picking this game, but we're not picking the Patriots game. That's I correct. Right. Uh, well, yeah, this, only, reason yeah. Only, only reason is because Atlanta is leading the division. The Chargers and the Patriots are going Fair nowhere. Enough. Atlanta has a chance to win the division, which is frightening in and of itself. Fair enough. What does it tell you about the Jets that they're underdogs at home? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, the Tim, Jets and, have and completely imploded. Tim Boyle them. back at quarterback this week, by the way. And Tim Boyle back at quarterback. How can I do it? I mean, <laughs> I, I, as disgusting as it sounds, I have to take the Falcons here. I mean, <laughs> I, I just can't take Tim Boyle. I yeah. just I can't do it. Like, it, I, I love him. God bless you. <laughs> Thanks for all the memories yeah. in Connecticut high school football, but it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. I think the Jets showed their colors and they imploded. That that hail mary, or as they're saying, hell mary, yeah. uh, was the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, that was, right. that was awful. Right. Um, the Rams this week uh, are on the road. They are at Cleveland. Don't know if DTR is going to play. It could be Joe Flacco at quarterback, ladies and gentlemen, for the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) How about that? And the Rams are, look, here's the thing. Uh, They've got the tiebreaker with Seattle. If they win this game, they are, you know, they've got the tiebreaker over Seattle, and all of a sudden they're in playoff position. So uh, the Rams definitely was something to play for here. Uh, Rams are a a three-and-a-half-point. No question. Rams are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. No no, at home, I mean. No question about it. Yeah. Right. No question about it. I, the Rams have a, have a big shot. But I'll tell you something, Gene. All the Browns need is somebody to not turn the ball over. And and yeah, you know, Joe I know Joe Flacco is <laughs> Joe Flacco is old, but they're gonna be like, look, buddy, don't throw anything 
at all. No, no Rocky Mountain rainbows. This is not 2012. Nothing over 10 yards. Like, just <laughs> nothing over 10 yards. We'll run the football. We'll play great defense. My concern is Miles Garrett being hurt. That's yep. a problem. Yep. But if he plays, Rams are going to have a hard time blocking. I mean, they're just going to have a tough time blocking this front. So I will take the Browns and Joe Flacco reluctantly. I don't know how they're going to do it, but upset of the week. I'm taking the Browns, and the Flacco is back, oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, Game of the week. (laughs) Game of the week. San Francisco 49ers. Game of the year. Two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Philadelphia. And that's all we want to see, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the game we've been yep. waiting for. Yep. You know, San Francisco's been chomping at the bit for a year now to get back at these guys. Philadelphia, 92 plays last week in that Incredible. overtime game. Incredible. In the rain. Yep. Uh, their defense, oh, by the way, their defense be, be, was on the field forever. Before we, before we, the greatest field goal I have ever seen was that 59-yarder in the rain. Unreal. That I mean, unreal. I, that was right up there with Vinatieri in the snow. I un, mean, it was unreal. Yeah, unreal. I, 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 when he yeah. lined up for that, I said, "There is no way on God's green earth he's nailing this thing," and he sure as heck did. That was un- incredible. And he got it. Yep. Yeah, right in the corner pocket. It was incredible. Yep. So But their defense was on the field for ninety-two plays against yeah. Buffalo last week. Yep. San Francisco's had ten days off. I, I think it's crazy that they're giving this many points to the Eagles at home. They've lost one game at home in two years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I, I actually do like the points with the Eagles, but I think San Francisco is going to win this game. Do you? Um, because I do. I, I think they're playing their best ball right now. And Philadelphia finds ways to win. They have championship heart. I, I think that this is going to be a lot, though. This is going. This is going to be a physical game. And I wonder if they're going to be able to hold up. I, I do like the points if you can get three with with Philly, but but San Francisco, I do think will win this game. Okay. I just think it's going to be too much for Philly. It's, they've been on a gauntlet run. All right, and the last one I got for you: the Chiefs are on the road at Green Bay, um, and again, you know, Green Bay. All of a sudden, you know, Jordan Love got a lot more confidence now. Uh, and look, that Kansas City Chiefs team, and I know they came back to beat the Raiders last week, but boy. Man, they got off to a rough start, and then you're like, "Who?" You know, they've they've had a lot of moments this year. The Chiefs have where you're kind of going, "What the heck are they doing?" You know what I mean? And so, so I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the out of the question that the Packers. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I think it's going to be a better game than a lot of people think. I, I think you're thinking like a sharp now, aren't you? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is yeah, this is this is a hundred percent. I think the Packers really got a shot to win this game. I'm not sure they will, though, because right. I think Patrick Mahomes understands the moment. Yep. And uh, I think that, you know, again, they're going to have uh, – this is a Sunday night game, right? So this is yep. this is going to be, uh, you know, prime time Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't usually cover these games, but he does usually win them. And, you know, I, I do think that at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it is going to be difficult for Green Bay to get after them because the, the, this is a good Chiefs offensive line. They're playing well. So yeah. – uh, I'll take the Chiefs to win this game, but close. I think you're right. Okay. Uh, just a couple of things about uh, college football before we let you get out of here and get back to your sick bed. Um, Georgia, Alabama. If Alabama pulls the upset this week, it could it could put the whole playoff thing into chaos. Mm-hmm. Georgia's a five and a half point favorite. Do you see? Uh, look, I've watched that Alabama team. They they had no business beating Auburn last week. I mean that was a that was an absolute miracle that they miracle. won that game. That, I mean, yeah. it, that, I, and you know, uh, 
if you're an Auburn fan, you just got to be like, I, we're cursed because there's no way they should have lost that game. Uh, I don't think there's any way Alabama wins that game. Do you? Gene, I always have the Iron Bowl on and, and, and say, look, like throw the records out. Right, like, right. It, it's, Auburn's always going to play Alabama yep. pretty well. There's been some exceptions, sure, but there, the, that game was indicative of the fact that, you know, Auburn had a great offensive game plan and running the football. Right. Um, but I'll tell you what, Milrow's playing a lot better than he has been than he was in the beginning of the yep. year. Like yep. he's he's a different quarterback and and typically Georgia's has struggled this year with containing running quarterbacks. The one thing they have done that they haven't done a great job of is the quarterbacks have have been able to run okay. on them. So I, I do I do think that there's definitely a shot because I think Alabama's got really good secondary. It's the best secondary Georgia's going to face. Really good front seven. I mean, they've got NFL talent all over the field mm-hmm. uh, on defense. This is that's a strength. Are they going to take care of the football? That's the question. And Georgia's like a well-oiled machine on offense right now. But I do think that defensively, I don't think that they are as good as they've been in the past two years. Okay. They're still good. Yep. Like obviously, they're still really good. But I do think Alabama is a shot, and, and to be honest, Gene, I, I'd be inclined to pick Alabama in this game. Wow! I, I think you know, I, I do. I, I think there are some holes that Georgia has that can be exploited by a talented team, and I think Alabama has to do it. So, as crazy as it sounds, I know wow. we're going on that track, but I think the Tide have a shot here, and I'm actually I'm going to pick them to win. Really? I, I do oh, think wow. Alabama is going to win. The game. Okay. Yep. Uh, Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite with Washington, and you know what? I think Oregon will win that game because I think Oregon should have beaten them the first time, if not for some stupid coaching decisions on fourth down. I think Oregon wins that the first time that they play. Uh, I think Oregon's a better team. I just do. I do too, but if they don't do anything different against Michael Penix, he's going to kill him. I mean, he's going to absolutely kill him. So they they have to do something in the fourth quarter. They've had no answers for him uh, at all. And, you know, I, I think I think at the end of the day, Oregon's a more talented team. But I think Michael Penix just lifts the tides of all boats. You can do that in college football. I think Washington will win this game. You I do. do. And I, I, I just I don't think I don't think Oregon has has an answer for Michael Penix in the fourth quarter when they need it. Okay. I'm a, so I'll take Washington to win the really? game. Really? I'm a big Bo Nix fan. I think now I do think I do think yeah. I do think the line's crazy. I mean, nine and a half's a lot. Crazy that nine yeah, and a half. That's is a lot. Nuts. Yeah, that's I don't. Insane. You know, now the over under sixty five and a half might be low. <laughs> yeah. that, that that might. So be... I think I know where you're placing your bets this week. Yeah, I think that might yeah. be low. But um, and the last one, it, your Liberty Flames boy looking to finish undefeated, but they've got look. They're a ten and a half point favorite, but that New Mexico State team isn't a bad team. They're not a bad team. They have a good coach, but gee, I was at the game earlier this year when they played New Mexico State the first time. Yep. The, this is not. This is going to be very difficult for New Mexico State to to stop the offense of Caden Salter and you know what Jamie Chadwell does is, is so complicated. The rushing, the rushing game is ridiculous. Yep. There. What, the, there's four running backs on Liberty that are are going to be able to run the football and I, I just don't see New Mexico State holding up. I think it'll I think they'll give the best effort and it could be really close. I think they could cover the number. Yep. But I, I do think Liberty's gonna win this okay. game. What, I do. what bowl game are we going to? I, I've heard Birmingham bowl, I've heard New Orleans bowl. I think it's ridiculous that you're not putting an undefeated conference champion and you're putting Tulane in there. Like I, right. I get it. Like the schedule's not great, but anybody that goes undefeated in college football in any conference in division one 
I mean, I, I think it's totally ridiculous. Yeah, I, agree. I think they should yeah. be in, in Fiesta Bowl. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the Power Five conferences have way too much power, you know, and I, I think that that's, that's uh, you know, it's it's sad. Because, but, like, to put Tulane, yeah, put Tulane. the one, one loss Tulane team, I get they lost to Ole Miss, and, I, you know, I, I understand that, but, you know, I, I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't understand. If you go undefeated in your schedule, you should be there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, my friend, listen, uh, feel better, and uh, we're going to have you on next Thursday because I'm going to be traveling over the weekend. So next Thursday we'll have you uh, prior to the uh, Thursday night game, and uh, but uh, hopefully by then you'll be back on your feet. I think so, Gene. God bless. Thank you for all the prayers, everybody that's praying for our family right now. It's been very nice, and you know we'll get back to reality here soon enough. I thank you, and let's have some fun in football this week. Huh? Yeah, it's some great, some great games, and uh, and again, uh, the best to your family because uh, we that's we've been my wife and I have been praying every day. So uh, hopefully things uh, continue to go well. All right, my friend, talk to you soon, Dan Zampano. Here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. Uh, We'll be back on Monday with another edition of The Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with a little Christmas music. Willie Nelson, Pretty Paper. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.